Well, hello, this is Laura Camacho, the communication coach at Maxonian Institute, and welcome to episode 99 of the Speak Up podcast of Maxonian Institute, where we talk about the kinds of conversations you want to have to accelerate your career success. And I have a very exciting guest today. His name is Mr. Bob Lowe, and Bob is a digital marketing consultant He has a background in advertising and marketing, and this is so cool, everybody. He is located at this moment in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and he speaks five different languages. So how cool is that? How many of us can say that? I don't think too many. So um, thank you, Bob, for uh, agreeing to be interviewed for the Speak Up podcast, and And by the way, for those of you who are in Charleston, South Carolina, I met Bob on LinkedIn. We have not met, haven't been to Kuala Lumpur yet. I don't think he's made it to Charleston. (laughs) Many of you listening may know Luke Sievers, who's also, he's a digital marketing person in Charleston, South Carolina. And we met on LinkedIn through Luke. So it just goes to show how networking online can have very interesting results. So, Bob, uh, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a digital marketing consultant. Uh, first of all, Laura, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you, and as you said, we connected on LinkedIn. It's been a pleasure to be connected to you and you know, different people around the world and building that relationship as we go and create content. So it's great stuff, uh, Laura. And uh, yeah, so how I became... The question is how I became a digital marketing consultant. So as you said, Laura, I started my career in advertising uh, back in 2010. I actually started as a copywriter where there's a lot of communications involved. um, I'm a marketing communications graduate. um, And this is something interesting as well that I will share is I was not a conventional university student. I was very uh, in love with the craft. So back in university, I used to go to bookstores because I didn't have money. I camped at bookstores and read books from Guy Kawasaki, Seth Godin, you name it, all the great marketing books. And went back to university and told my lecturers, hey, this is what the experts are saying. Hey, this is what they're doing in the industry. You know? And I wrote that in my papers and I was a big fan of the craft. And you know, I started my career in advertising agencies, make it to a few of them. And I was uh, a part of a brand company. I was working in corporate for a while. And after a bit, um, on the back of LinkedIn, I started my consultancy. And right now I help clients around the world with their LinkedIn or with any of their growth strategies. So that's where I am right now. And yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's how I became what I am today. That is so cool. I, I you know, that. It shows you definitely had a passion for marketing and it shows how going above and beyond in school even has good consequences for your career. I'm sure some of your students must have been a little irritated that you were so uh, going above and beyond and making them look bad, but I'm, you know, that's, that's life. Well, I, you know, you have a great, I mean, you're a professional communicator, just like I am. You're just in a different aspect. You're helping companies to amplify their voice and to build their presence online. And I help individuals to do that in person, mostly. 
Um, so tell us, you know, along the path, you must have had a conversation that didn't go very well. That was a learning, a great opportunity to learn. Would you like to share that so we can, first of all, feel that we're not the only ones making mistakes and see what the learning was from that conversation? Okay, okay. So this is a great conversation to have. Um, I have amazing clients. Overall, they trust me and we work together great. Uh, but last year, I had one client where I had some, some sort of conflict. Um, and, uh, I have been sending him reports, but you know, sometimes people in the top level management don't go down to your reports because of our PDF. Basically he sat me down and said, Hey, what, I don't know what you're doing. And I said, if you don't know, just look at my reports and we sort of had a conflict. Um, but you know, I, I, this leads me to, um, the best book I read in 2018, which is about communication as well. And it's my favorite book of all time. And if I had to recommend anyone, you know, one or two books to read, this is among my top two. It's called Nonviolent Communication uh, by, how to say, by actually just Google it, by Marshall Rosenberg, the late Marshall Rosenberg. You can find a lot of his videos online. And this is one of the books that impacted, uh, impacted Tim Ferriss. That's how I found out about the book. And I have personally... Um, implemented this book in, in my life. Uh, basically, if you go into detail in the book, I don't want to go into detail in it, but it's a lot of nuances that we don't, uh, we make judgments about people, you know, a lot of nuances, we assume, make assumptions in our language. So basically the book taught me to don't make assumptions when I communicate, you know, don't give you names, don't, don't uh, make assumptions of anything I say about you and actively listen, all right? So that has impacted me. So that conflict with the client, I sat down with him again, and this time was different when I heard the heart of the client, what he's going through, what is his challenges, you know, what, what is his main, what keeps him up at night. That drastically changes, changed my relationship with him. And today, after a year, we're still working together after so much conflict. And today he 100% trusts me you just say, do whatever you want, Bob. I, I completely uh, am in, in love with you and uh, completely trust what you do. So that happens across all my clients. And it's actually just being a person and listening to the heart of your client, actively listening and actively don't jump. Uh, and the, my favorite thing about this book is uh, don't start a sentence with, with, don't show people your butt or don't start a sentence with butt. You know, yeah, as yes. a young person, you know, I used to think I was smart and <laughs> a lot of times when somebody was saying something, I would say, but, but this, but that. Today, I never say, start any sentence with but. I make sure that whatever you have to say, you finish it or if I accidentally stopped you, I would go back to what you said and that gives assurance to the, the, the person who is communicating that you are an active listener. So don't show your butt to people. So I never <laughs> start a sen sentence with butt. That, that is great. I love listening to the heart of the client, Bob. That's really yeah. good. And um, the book you recommended is Nonviolent Communication. Is that the title by Marshall? Yes, yes. It's an amazing book. I am going to have, well, I've read dozens of communication books but not that one so i am definitely going to add that and order it today 
And I love not starting a sentence with the word but. That's, you know, such a great tip there. And I, I want to, though, ask you something, because what you said about the client not reading the reports you sent, because I coach, a, uh, like, the most, most people that I coach in corporate America or corporate internationally, they are uh, senior level directors up to vice presidents. And so they often get frustrated because their bosses do not read their emails or don't read the emails. <laughs> and, um, and of course, when somebody doesn't read what you send, you can feel like they don't value you but what the real problem is is that the way you're communicating isn't working for them right would you agree mm -hmm. me like why wasn't he reading your reports because he's too because it was too much information for him what do you think about that it's the same thing i think it's the same challenge that your client face where he's just too swamped up with emails he probably gets 100 emails a day and doesn't have time to go through yours what I have learned is if I needed to something or I needed to communicate something. Um, so this is a good, a good uh, learning I had as well is you have to have active accountability where if don't wait for your client or your boss to ask you what is the status of your work. Go up to them. It doesn't have to be a report and say, hey boss, uh, let's have let's catch up every Monday or even if you have, you have clients actively plan out when you are going to have the accountability session with them. Say, Hey, let's catch up every Monday, every Monday, give him, he does, if he doesn't have time for your reports, have like a three minute, 10 minute call and say, Hey, these are the things happening. And he just needs to hear from you what you're doing. And he doesn't really care about the reports. He just needs to know someone is on it. So I would say, plan out and tell your superior how the process of actively reporting them to them would be. Don't wait for them to ask you how, what's, what's going on. Wow. That's so good. I'm taking notes like a maniac here um, <laughs> because I'm adding that. I'm, I mean, I'm adding that to my, uh, I, I also teach classes on how to communicate. Better, <laughs> and I'm always saying to be proactive in fact, yeah. the that I teach is PG, proactive and growth mindset, but active accountability. That's a very cool concept. And that's exactly, that sums it up so well. So thank you. I love, I'm learning so much. That's what I love about getting perspectives from people who work in different countries and different industries. So yeah. Bob, what about a conversation? Cause I, I believe that, um, you know, life happens through conversations. That's how if you're going to, you know, if you get married, it's because some, there was a conversation. If you get divorced, that was a different conversation. If you get promoted, that's a conversation. So tell us a time about a conversation that had a big impact on your life or made you change your mind or change your career. Can you think of an example to share? Any impacts that could change my career? Not so much. I, um, Probably when someone asks me what are my goals and, uh, you know, they would ask. Um, so I think I had this conversation earlier this year with, with when I was talking to someone who was like a business leader here in Asia. And he said, I said, hey, I really want to go to Europe and I'm finding ways to, um, to go there and, you know, trying to grow my business. Uh, I don't want to spend that amount of money to go there. 
and he said, you know, don't think of things that is either or. You know, you don't have to use your savings to go to Europe. Why not think about how are you going to get someone to pay you or how are you going to get a speaking engagement or how are you going to get a new client that's going to pay for this? Uh, don't think of, you know, something that you want as an either or. So that, that is something that changed. But I, I think, Laura, to be honest, I have these conversations every single day. I personally invest in a coach. I, uh, I'm very invested in education, as you can tell. I constantly mm-hmm. read, constantly on the go. So uh, I would have changed things would have impacted me on a daily basis that I don't know this, but yeah, right. that's, that's me. Yeah. That, that's like, and that's something that I, you know, Aristotle, who, if you didn't, you might know, was the father of uh, persuasion and rhetoric. And he came up with this, um, these different tools that people use to try to persuade us. And one of them is called the false dichotomy or the either or. And, uh, and, it, and in school, it kind of reinforces that mentality is reinforced because either you got it right or you mm-hmm. didn't, you know, yeah. the multiple choice or the math problem, but, and politicians are the worst. They always take these super complex uh, situations and just take it either or, yeah. And say, you know, either you vote for me or the world's going to end, you know, basically <laughs> uh, it's just all these uh, complex scenarios are summed up into this either or, and, and it's so limiting. And I love, I also, I also want clients in Europe, Bob. <laughs> so so um, yeah. I love that idea of getting a speaking gig uh, abroad or th- just thinking beyond, Oh, I have to spend down my savings or else stay at home. No, there, there are different ways. And that applies that thinking to get beyond either or like, how can we have such broad implications so, Bob, as a multilingual person, uh, tell tell the audience the languages that you speak, and t- and give us an insight like how that impacts your uh, communication, interpersonal communication, because it is quite something to be able to talk to so many different languages and seeing how there's so many different ways to say a cup of coffee, and or, or maybe. Uh, you know, some words don't even translate. Like I know the word procrastinate does not exist in Spanish. And I find <laughs> that interesting. Or, um, you know, German has some words that we don't have. So speak to that for a minute. Yeah, definitely. So five languages that I speak, I speak um, mainly Chinese and many types of Chinese. Like I, I said, you know, there is a type of Chinese that you speak in Hong Kong. There's a type of Chinese that you speak in Taiwan. And I speak all of them. Um, and I speak some Malay, which is used here in Indonesia and Malaysia. Um, I also speak English like to you now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find that English uh, is not too much complex language, especially if you know Chinese. There are a lot of words that I wish I could express in English, but there's, there is no equivalent in English. But I can't think of it right now. But okay. there are a lot of nuances and a lot of um, um, a lot of words that we use in Chinese that mean exactly that, right? That mm-hmm. you can't express it. So I'll give you an example. In Chinese, we have a name for an aunt that is from the father's side, and then we have another word for an aunt that is from the mother's side. But in English, it's all auntie, right? So you can't differentiate. Right. This is aunt name from how you're. But we have a word for an aunt that is from the maternal side and aunt for and we have a word who is 
for an aunt who is a cousin of my mom. So if I work for an aunt who is a cousin of my dad, so it's very specific. And I think if you are in communications, uh, Chinese, we don't have gender, but in Thai, there is very different words for gender. And mm-hmm. in Korean, I've learned some Korean as well. There are different words for different ages of your life. You speak to someone older than you and younger than you. It's so different. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love hearing yeah. that. So and like I- English is just too simple yeah. for us. It's quite hard yeah. for us sometimes. Right. Well, my husband is from Venezuela and he speaks French and Spanish and English. And, and we joke, he jokes that in English, we use the same word to mean so many different things. And one example, and this is only two meanings, but the word fan can be something that creates breeze. And a fan is somebody who really likes your work. I mean, it's, uh, it's two vastly different meanings for the same word. So, Do you know that the word squid is too generic? If you look at the different species of squid, there's big, there's round, there right. is like red triangle. In Chinese, we have very different words for each of them. So, oh, wow. That so is it's, so it's cool. if you study language, and we're not going to talk about language here, but if you are a linguist, you definitely know what I'm talking about. There are things that we, are, we, we call them, we use them so differently. Like English likes to say turtle, and mm-hmm. there are so many different types of turtle that he really have different names right. for turtle, right? You can't even differentiate between a land and sea turtle. You just call it turtle, but in Chinese, we call it very different things. Yes. Why did I, I, <laughs> yeah, we, I, don't, I just want to say one thing. I love this topic, but um, we, we want to move on. But, the, yeah. but, but that fact does reflect different cultural development. Yes, yes. So anyway, so well, Bob, we're, um, to bring this to a close, I want to know, and you know, my, the audience, they've heard all my communication tips. You know, what, what is your advice to somebody who's, um, you know, upper mid-level in a company or into business development? Like, how do you, what, is, what are your uh, go-to uh, tips? I mean, you never start a sentence with, but listen to the heart of the client. Like, uh, and, and what about when you're not feeling confident, you know, how to build up your confidence? Just give a little, uh, a few minutes of Bob's communication tips, please. Yeah, yeah. I think I've gave quite a bit in, in this chat we have. Yes. Just, just a thing I learned recently, uh, especially if you're into sales or business development, uh, especially in 2020, let the client be bought for you. So for example, I am Bob Lowe. I, I would only or love to work with a client that has been sold on me. So don't be afraid to say no. Uh, establish yourself as an expert like you do on LinkedIn. So when a client or somebody buys your product, it's basically they're sold on you. So establish yourself as an expert and uh, you know have some authority when you speak. And... Uh, be, be bold and establish that expertise when you do your business development. So that's, that's it when it comes to this step. Um, so it's a 2020 way to sell, selling by a brand or selling with content. So that's, that's how I would say, if it's more specific, I will give you more specific advice, but in general, that's it. All right. To, yeah, to, uh, to establish yourself as an expert. And mm-hmm. how, just to drill down a little bit, if someone is, 
working in a, in a large company, say they're an engineer, um, mm -hmm. they want to like be more visible in that company. And how can you think of a tip that would help them to actually establish themselves as the expert? What would you say? In a, in a company? Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is my great, this is a great conversation. And I actively noticed this because I also do work in companies, mm -hmm. uh, even though I work mostly with clients. One of the things is you have to work on yourself and first know that you are enough and you are loved. So it's getting woo-woo here. But because <laughs> especially in big corporations, you are afraid of rejection. You are mm -hmm. afraid of saying something wrong and getting rejected by a whole team or by a superior. Mm -hmm. The biggest um, challenge when it comes to communicating across departments or above or within an organization is when you say something wrong, there might be someone in the company with a verbal gun shooting you down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a shotgun waiting for yes. you. So my big tip is first, don't be afraid of rejection. Go up to people, express your thoughts, talk to people, get your point across. Don't be afraid of giving ideas. Don't be afraid of rejection. Secondly, don't reject people. I have people who get defensive, you know, people who get, uh, because they want to protect their roles or they want to, you know, establish their authority, whatever, they, they reject people who don't see the same way. They reject people who don't. So if mm -hmm. you don't reject people, you can go up to people. And if people reject you, you also know where they are coming from and right. try to work around. Are you trying to, uh, yeah, I get your point, but you know, uh, what we want here is for the good of the company. So mm -hmm. don't take them as rejecting you. Get over that rejection and, build and uh, get your point across and work towards the good of the company. So rejection is big when it comes to a lot of corporations. I've worked in advertising agencies and rejection is just day-to-day -day thing. Like departments would just, would just kill each other. So <laughs> get over that rejection. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Badas, I think I've just um, milked you for all these great <laughs> jewels of communication. It's yeah. so good to hear from a different uh, point of view. Somebody... Uh, who, by the way, is 12 hours difference in the time. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I love talking to you too, Laura. Like, great questions. And I love uh, all the questions. And I love talking to you. Thank you. And uh, is there, if people who are listening want to get a hold of you, get in touch with you, should they look you up on LinkedIn? Yes, definitely. Just look me up on LinkedIn. I, I think you know, Laura, I, mean, I create content almost every day. So uh, yes. the thing I get is I see you every day on LinkedIn, every time I walk on the street. So yes. just be there and you get more tips like this and you know, just reach out to me if you need anything. All right. Well, thank you. Well, have a nice evening and we will chat another time and we'll bring this to a close. And thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. All thanks. right. Thanks, Laura.